It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, Silver and Black Today. The Tuesday edition. All right. Welcome back, everybody. An Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders and the two of us. Yes. Frickin' frack, whatever you want to call us, Ebony and Ivory. It whatever you want to call us, you can call us that. We are your host. I am Scott Cobranson. I am joined by my good friend and broadcast partner, Mr. Mo Moten, who's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist. Up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton. That's M O E M O T O N. I am at L V Gully, the show SNB today. If you don't already subscribe, what the heck is wrong with you? Make sure you do it. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, you will find Silver and Black today. So do that. Put on the auto download. That way you don't miss a show. And there's so much going on now. You just never know when we're going to drop something as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, hey, hope you're good. You're in the chat. You're having fun tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. Subscribe. Hit the notifications bell there as well. Okay, Mo, a busy week already. The quarterback market is being set. Derek Carr on Monday gets a $100 million deal, four years with the New Orleans Saints. And then Geno Smith gets a three-year deal over $100 million, reports up to $125, $105, somewhere around there. Not exact yet as we record the show, but certainly uh, Geno Smith and Derek Carr are kind of set in the quarterback market. We kind of expected Carr might be the first domino to fall, and indeed he was. He goes to the NFC South where you were screaming seven weeks ago that that's where he was going to go, and guess what? He ends up there, and so we are now in a position where we know two of the quarterbacks are lining up. We're coming off the combine. We're going to get to that conversation, but with this breaking news yesterday – Want to start with there. Tell me, Mo, your initial impressions with these two quarterback deals. First of all, I find it hilarious how people are trying to frame Derek Carr's contract to fit their narrative to say, I was right. <laughs> and I'll be the first to say, look, I said Derek Carr would be in the range of 28 to 32 million. To me, the way I look at his contract, I look at it in terms of guaranteed money because how many players actually finish out the length of their, the entire length of their contract? So the way I look at it as Derek Carr got a hundred million for three years if you if you're going to look at it actually i'll say look i'll, I'll put it this way it's a, it's 70 million for three years simply because that fourth year there's no guaranteed money on that year right uh i believe it's 60 million up front for the first two years and then 10 million if he's on the he's if he's on the uh roster for yeah roster bonus. march yep so 70 for three years i'll say but if you want to stretch it out and say you want to stretch it out for the length to exclude the non-guaranteed year be three years 
about 100 million. So that's that's good for Derek Carr. And you, you didn't mention he got no trade clause yes. again. So to me, it, it seems like Derek Carr did pretty well for himself. Now, again, there'll be people out there say, oh, uh, he, he, he got a lot less. I think his contract right now is basically on par with what he had with the Raiders. Plus, he gets more guaranteed money. So I, I think if you're Derek Carr, if you're his agent, you did a pretty good job on the market, to, to, despite what people are going to say. The Geno Smith contract is interesting because in the first year he's going to get fifty-two million. Yeah. So, and it to me the way I read it averages out to about thirty-five million per year. So the big takeaway for me is the middle tier of quarterbacks you're going to get around thirty to thirty-five million. And I think this is important to note for Raiders fans because all reports are that they're after Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to command about thirty-plus million. And mm-hmm. Vinny Bonson, you have the Las Vegas Review Journal said. He doesn't see the Raiders paying Jimmy Garoppolo on par with what Derek Carr got. So if it's below thirty million, I would consider it. If it's above, if it's thirty million above, no pass, no thanks. Right, and and what that points to me, Mo, is that the Raiders are going to roll with a Jared Stidham. I, I still think they're going to get a young quarterback. Where we're going to get to that in a minute when we talk about the combine. But right now, if they're not going to pay the, the the going rate for a good quarterback not a great quarterback clearly because those two guys um set the market right now but they're not top tier quarterbacks so you look at jimmy g coming off the injuries and all that some people are like well he's not an upgrade from Derek carr yeah you could say that because of his lack of avail- availability the guy has won playoff games right so he has something that Derek carr doesn't he's the same age and so yes i don't think the raiders should pay 35 million dollars a year for jimmy garoppolo i think you roll with stidham if you're going after a young quarterback if the raiders do sign somebody like garoppolo or someone else bridgewater somebody like that then that tells me that they are not necessarily going after their young quarterback uh, this year. So if, if they make a signing pretty quickly here, then we don't know what's going to happen. But Mo, I think if you look at the situation and how this is all netting out, uh, it certainly points to a combination. What we've been saying for a long time now, right, about the Raiders quarterback situation is they're going to roll with some sort of veteran, Jarrett Stidham, somebody like that, and then they're going to bring in a young guy. And I don't even consider Chase Garbers a, 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 a Chance Garbers a a player in this he might be in camp yes because he's under contract but right now to me this is where the the the, the rubber hits the road for the Raiders because they have to decide if they're going to sign a free agent the dominoes are falling now right we saw this happen starting on Monday with those two quarterbacks you're going to start to see deals happen well the first thing I think is going to happen is they're going to resign Jared Stidham there was a weird tweet I think you remember this guy someone said Jared Stidham doesn't even want to play for Josh McDaniels remember that yeah. I remember that tweet <laughs> They're probably going to resign Jared Stidham. It'll be Jared Stidham over Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion, because Jared Stidham has been around Josh McGinnis for the last, what, four years. The wild card that we haven't mentioned in this is Aaron Rodgers. Now that Derek Carr is in New Orleans, what if Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, but he doesn't want to go to the Jets? Ah. Do the Raiders then step in and say, well, we'll, we're interested in Aaron Rodgers, but we're not going to give up a first-round pick for him. So this is the proposal I heard from Connor Rodgers, who's a former Bleacher Report host. And I, and I found this interesting. He said he doesn't think the Jets would be willing to give up a first-rounder this year for Aaron Rodgers. Next year, yes, but not this mm. year. So if the Packers drop the price, and I said this on a previous show, if the Packers drop the price for Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't have a strong mark and they just want to part ways with him, I could see the Raiders jumping into the conversation if they say, okay, we'll take a second-round pick this year, and then we'll take a conditional second, third-round pick next year. Now, again, I wouldn't give up a future first for him because he could retire 
after next season. But if they're if they're asking for second, third round picks, which I think Pat Darty said was his compensation price for Aaron Rodgers until scouts corrected him and said no, it's going to take a one. If they drop yeah. the price, then I think the Raiders might get involved. Yeah, it'll be interesting because that's that's what's happening, right? The Jets are waiting, and the Jets may be. Uh, you know, the last in line for a dance partner and there's no partners left, uh, which would be really unfortunate for them, but that's the way it works. You know, the, if you don't jump on your guy and you have second thoughts, or you're not sure and all that, and you hem and haw, guess what happens? The Saints sign your guy. And then if Rogers stays in Green Bay or if he ends up in Las Vegas, wherever he ends up going, if anywhere, then suddenly you're, you're just, you're, you're down uh, the, the old creek, they say. Uh, in in the vernacular, I will save the one word, uh, but you know what it is. So so interesting times, and and it'll be funny. But yes, the the Derek Carr signing clearly money wise, um, they have. I'm sure when we learn more about the contract that they have some similar outs as well. The guaranteed money is there, so good for him. Derek Carr bet on himself, and overall he didn't do too bad. Right, he could have done much worse, but the market there was for him, and he found the great opportunity as well. And I think you mentioned it on Twitter as we close on this item which was there was no wonder the Raiders were not hip to Derek Carr giving him permission to talk to teams. Because, look, he went to talk to the, 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 the New Orleans Saints, and the Raiders allowed it, and it ended up, as you said at the time, I bet you they sat down and talked and said, okay, we want to do this, but guess what? We'll wait till you're a free agent, and then we'll come back and talk to you. And that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. And I think, again, to reiterate, the contract is set up so that $60 million the first two years then 10 million if he's on the on roster in 2024 and then another 30. But the Saints have it now after year two, where the Raiders had their out after year one at the year one that extension. So yes. Saints can get out after year two. I don't think they're gonna cut him after year one because they would be on the hook for about 52.8 million in dead money. So <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be there for at least two years for financial purposes. So as you said, I think Derek Carr with the quarterback market the way it is, a lot of people were saying Derek Carr is not gonna get more than 25 million. Derek Carr is not gonna get more than 20 million. I'm like do you know what the quarterback market is these days? <laughs> the going rate? We got Daniel Jones out here asking for $45 million. Now, right. he's not going to get that. But still, no. the quarterback market for Tier 2 guys, again, is about $30, $35 million. And people, people say, well, we need to stop talking about Derek Carr. And I think, it's impo- again, it's important. I reiterate this. It's important that we do have this conversation because Jimmy Garoppolo is in that same tier. Yes. No matter how you feel about Derek Carr, the league has Jer- Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo in that same tier. So Derek Carr is getting in the low to mid thirties, then that's Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be around that mark. Give or take five million. Right. And even like a Jacoby Brissett, not in that range, a lower than that, of course, but still it sets the market, right? It sets the market for the other veteran quarterbacks based on where they're at. So you have an idea if the Raiders do sign another veteran outside of a Jared Stidham, for example, what they might have to pay is based on those numbers. So that's why it's important. It's a good point. Uh, Rest of this segment. I want to talk about the NFL combine Mo. NFL Combine takeaways for the Raiders. Listen, the focus of this Combine, again, just like everything else in the NFL, was on the quarterbacks, okay? The quarterbacks, it tells you where the NFL's at. So all of you Raider fans out there who I respect and love the interaction, defense, 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 guess what? The quarterback is still and will be for a long, long time until something changes, the most important position on the field. So guess what happens at the NFL Combine in a year where you have – a handful of quarterbacks that are making names for themselves, that becomes a story. And, of course, the the big name that rose up, of course, you have C.J. Stroud, you have Bryce Young. They've been the number one, two for, for months since the college football season started. Will Levis was there. He's kind of fallen back a little bit. 
Now you have Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson now is the bell of the ball. Everybody is just excited about Anthony Richardson. Raider fans are excited. They want to draft him. They want to move up to draft him. We're seeing all these reports. And, Mo, here's my point. You know I've been on this for a week, which is this hype is ridiculous, I think. Look, young man is talented. Young man has unbelievable abilities in their raw form. But Richardson, to me, is the highest risk and maybe highest reward but definitely the highest risk. It reeks of a Al Davis pick later in his life to me because you get so blinded by his raw ability and some of these GMs. And by the way, we, I'm, I'll be self-critical. The media is ridiculous on this kid. The media is in love with him, promoting the hell out of him. Uh, and, and to me, uh, I just don't understand it because the tape doesn't lie, Okay guys running around in their pajamas does not impress me as much as guys on film in their college games. Tell me if I'm wrong and tell me that I'm right because you know I am. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're not wrong. <laughs> and I said this, you're, I said this on my Bleach Report live show on Friday uh-huh. as a as a parting message that yes, you want to pay attention to the testing because the testing will either confirm what you saw on film and tape or it'll make you go back and question some of the things that you thought you knew about that prospect. But don't fall too far in love with the underwear Olympics because that's not. <laughs> That's not a that's not a simulation of an actual game. No. You see quarterbacks throwing again. There are no defenders. There's no pass rush. <laughs> you know, there there's no clock management. There's no high pressure situation in terms of another team defending you. Now they have to perform. It's an it's a live interview that there's that type of pressure. But as far as a defense in front of a quarterback or a wide receiver, right. a running back, it's totally it's not that. So your best indication, your best assessment of a player is which is what he put on film over the past year, two, three years. It's not what you see at the combine. Now, there are certain things I think that are important at the combine as far as measurements are concerned. Because, you know, as far as offense, I'll just use offensive tackles as an example. The average offensive tackle has an arm length of 34 inches. So if a tackle comes to the combine and he he measures at 32 and 7 eighths, you may question if he could play the position on a pro level. But as far as the testing is concerned with the quarterbacks, I like what I saw out of Anthony Richardson, but, but I knew he wasn't uh, a physical specimen. So I, I didn't expect him to, you know, have all right. these records, but I knew he was going to test well. Right. But the, the records, I mean, listen, these are combine records, folks. Oh, he beat Cam Newton's record and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. I, mean, I, w- I want to remind people of this because, yes, raw ability matters. There's no question that this young man, if he could put it together, could be lethal. But if he gets drafted in the top of the first round, like some people are saying, Mo. Uh, He'll join a very small group, right? In the last 10 drafts, three quarterbacks who completed fewer than 55% of their passes have been drafted. Trey Lance is one of them, okay? Now, Trey Lance came off a COVID year where they had one game. So that's why maybe he was under 55%. The other two were Penn State quarterback Christian Hackenberg 
And Trace McSorley, who went as a six-round pick to the Ravens in 2019, is clearly as a backup quarterback. That's it. So 55% doesn't usually cut it. You look at, he doesn't have dominant college tape like you talked about. You look at the comparison because a lot of people, Mo, want to compare him to Cam Newton. And I understand it. It's his childhood hero. Uh, He went number one in 2011. I get it. But remember, here's the key difference, folks. So don't talk to me about Cam Newton because Cam Newton was coming off one of the most dominant seasons in college football history when he came out. He carried an Auburn team, okay, the entire year. So this is not the situation with Anthony Richardson. He started just one season in college. He was 6-6 and record, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 53.8% completion percentage. No quarterback in the past 20 years has had success with similar marks like that coming out of college, including the completion rate. Now, there's always the guy who changes the the dynamic and could blow it away, be a Cinderella story. But Mo, if I'm the Raiders, and I'm specifically talking about the Raiders now, if I'm the Raiders and I, am I, as as Dave Ziegler, am I going to put my job on the line for this guy? Absolutely effing not. I'll say this for the Andy Richardson people. I could see it on one side, if you're, Another team like the Colts, because I think the Colts would would consider Anthony Richardson. I actually think the Colts are going to draft him at four, because <laughs> I think with Chris Ballard, that's very maybe good. once an athletic quarterback, uh, yeah. Shane Steichen, the new head coach, just coached Jalen Hurts to a, a Super Bowl. Now, of course, different body types, but as far as being a dual threat quarterback, Anthony Richardson fits in that mold. <clears throat> as far as it relates to the Raiders are concerned. I think with Josh McDaniel's offense, he wants a quarterback who's going to be accurate in the intermediate and short zones. And that was my question mark about Anthony Richardson. That's where he struggled because he puts a lot of velocity on his passes. I think he, the way I see it is he's a one-speed thrower. So yeah. he's throwing darts downfield, 20 yards downfield. He's also throwing darts 5 to 10 yards. In the <laughs> Which short is why he's not accurate. That's why and, he's not accurate. And, and, part, and part of that is also his footwork. I think he admitted this, that he has to marry his footwork with his, yeah. uh, with his upper body and his arm. And I think that's an accurate assessment or criticism of himself. So I think it's important to note those things with Josh McDaniel's offense because he's going to be looking for a quarterback to be accurate in the middle of the field. And Anthony Richardson was not that. Now, you can put out all the numbers and you can add context to it and say, well, he didn't have you know NFL talent around him in Florida, which is true. He didn't have a, an elite head coach on a collegiate level, which is true, as C.J. Stroud had. He had C.J. Stroud, <clears throat> great supporting cast. We know what Ryan Day has done at Ohio State. But, you know, Anthony Richardson didn't have that coaching and he didn't have that supporting cast. So I understand that. My problem, again, is I don't think – I just don't think he fits with what Josh McDaniels wants as far as, again, throwing in the middle of the field and getting those easy first downs and moving the chains. Because, as I said before, the one thing that drives coaches crazy offensive play calls is when you can't make the easy throws. Correct. And I think until he shows that he can adjust his velocity, that's going to be an issue. Not only that, but again, the, the the completion percentage and and people kept pointing, well, you got to watch him in the Utah game. Well, the Utah game, he ran three plays. That was it. I mean, he ran three plays. That was the whole game of why it was such a spectacle to watch. And listen, he's just not ready. This kid could have used another year in, in college football, but I get it. If teams, if somebody is desperate enough and willing to sacrifice their job to take him, i.e. the Colts, in the top 10 if this is a second rounder or a third rounder okay i get it you give him two years see how he does 
but it's crazy. And I don't think the Raiders look, all draft picks are a risk. No, no GM hits on everybody. But if I need a quarterback and I'm looking for my franchise guy, I'm not going to take a guy who's going to have a 90% chance of not making it. And I'm just making the 90% up, but I'll take, I'll take a CJ Stroud, even a Bryce young with his small size and everybody criticizing that I'll take a Will Levis over this guy because I have more tape on him and I can tell you and I can see what he needs to fix, but I can also see what he does well. So, all right, we went long on this segment because we had so much to talk about. We'll, we'll continue some of the combine talk when we come back. We've got lots to talk about here on Silver and Black today in Aussie Original Podcast. You're with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back right after this. <laughs> 